Welcome to the AR Edux podcast episode 2. June is the Pride month and at AR Edux we celebrate the pride of our LGBTQ community. The month is about teaching tolerance, knowing about our pride history and continuing to move forward in equality. This year it is the 51st anniversary of the 1969 Stonewall protest. This year this month had been a different one. There was a lot going on whether and it is going on whether it is covid-19 justice for the black lives there are a lot of inequalities in the society that still stand true today. If we go by the stats 20% of the LGBTQ people say that their personal finances are much worse. And uh, There are a lot of L- people from this community around 120% which are more likely to experience homelessness and uh, because of their identity right there there has been inequalities in terms of uh, in terms of their jobs and um, dejection a lot of things that people are facing and it's very difficult to cope up with there are a lot of issues and aspects that need to be brought into focus that we need to be more sensitive about that need to be addressed today in our episode we have dr aksha sheik with us who is a medical doctor and community medicine specialist also an assistant professor at jamia hamdard she is a recipient of youth awards award and also himalayan green award she is a very eminent uh identity of the lgbtq community who has strongly vocalized her thoughts about mental health uh, about the rights of the community and made sure to make people listen about it to, so that people should know they may be sensitized and they think of these crucial aspect vyas is going to ask some crucial questions to dr aksa and help us better understand and analyze ourselves and the society so that we can work together and move forward in equality over to you riyaz it is the it is the situation that we are facing right now that lgbt people have previously been blamed for the disasters both man made and natural and there are scattered reports on this happening in the context of covid-19 pandemic as well in some countries uh, we we got the reports that suggest an increase in homophobic and transphobic rhetoric so i think the covid-19 outbreak has led the communities to uh, to uh, focus on these particular issues that's why today here with us dr aksha sheik uh, she will going to discuss uh, what are the major challenges that the community is facing right now whether it uh, related to the crippled coronavirus economies related to lgbt or uh, whether it is the financial risk towards the community or whether it is the health or the uh, health or the physical or the, the psychosocial uh, problems that the community is facing right now so let's start our talk uh, with dr aksha So assalamu alaikum dr aksha sheik hope you are doing well and safe 
Today we are here with you to discuss the LGBTQ lives and disproportionate shift due to neoliberalism of the pandemic. So, uh, would you like to tell us about uh, your journey first, Dr. Aksa? Waalaikum uh, Assalam, Riaz, and thank you for having me on this podcast show. And also, I would like to express my gratitude for choosing such an important and vital topic. uh in the times of the corona virus pandemic because uh, while we deal with this situation at a larger level we must not forget that there are certain sections which are more vulnerable than others and uh, we need to talk about them and we need to also focus about them coming to my uh, personal journey um it's something which i generally don't talk about uh, but then i'll make an exception today and i'll give a glimpse into it yeah so sure. i was born as um, zakir hussain in uh, mumbai okay and uh, that's where i completed my education uh, i did my mbbs and md in community medicine from sait gs medical college in uh, mumbai and uh, post that i made a shift and uh, came to delhi and here i started my career as an academician That's i worked it. in uh, hamdard institute of medical sciences and research jamia hamdard and teach the future doctors it comes to the uh, journey of my own in terms of transgender person uh this is something uh, of course everyone realizes in the childhood that they are different that there is something uh i wouldn't say abnormal but something which doesn't fit right yeah but then we don't really have answers to certain questions and we do not have names and labels and tags for it which of course the world keeps on putting on us but nothing fits nothing uh, you know seems to be right so this was also true for me and it was at the age of 20 years when i underwent a counseling session yes. for my own health reasons when i was given this term called gender identity disorder so i finally had a name for what i felt yes and um, i was also given the options you know as to what all i can do to deal with my gender dysphoria to deal with the discomfort that i was feeling at that time but then um, coming from a very conservative family and due to various reasons you know we all have this situation in our country where log kya kahenge is something very very important naturally the options which were provided were not very acceptable to my immediate family and uh, that's why it was put on the back burner and i decided to make a shift to delhi also for the same reason so that i could be away and take an independent decision on this matter yeah uh time went on things went on uh, somehow uh, i couldn't choose the option you know of gender reassignment for myself which i had chosen and then i couldn't put that into action uh, because of some other inhibitions or hindrances or obstructions at the familial and societal level Okay. Uh, however, things kept on worsening. I was also having depression, and things took a very, very bad turn. In fact, things went to such a bad level that at one point of time, I wanted to end my life. Oh, that's and good. And it was at that point that I realized that your own self-existence and your, 
your understanding of the primary goal of your existence is very important i mean you cannot live to keep others happy ultimately you have to be responsible for your own happiness and that's when i decided to take the things in my hand and started my journey of transition into aksha this happened around 3 years back i started and here i am today um, transformed into a person who when looks into the mirror feels happy about herself so that gives you a confidence so i just want to know that uh, how the jamia hamdard culture helps you to develop what you are right now uh i i have spent almost like 7 years in jamia hamdard i joined this institute in 2013 and i must say it's a very vibrant and lively campus yeah and um, some of the best friends that i have had in my life are from the campus some of them have been my students some of them have been my colleagues okay so um, in terms of my mental health yes i did find a lot of support in this warm campus but then at the same time we must also understand that this campus is i would say more orthodox and conservative in terms of acceptance of lgbt uh, persons as compared to maybe some other universities in the country and outside the country surely so yes i did face a lot of hiccups and resistance when it comes to the acceptance of the people initially uh, especially during the times of transition when i opened out to people and told them about myself and during the transition there is a time you know when you don't really look like either gender and therefore passing becomes difficult so that was the most difficult time but through the help and support of my friends and colleagues i could cope over with that and uh, right now um, uh, things are much much better so i think you are happy right now so as we all know that uh, this corona virus outbreak has led the communities to close the schools encourage social distancing and other strategies in the order to reduce the spread of the virus so uh, with this uh, the entire world uh, is crippled now means due to this corona virus so uh, what should be our focus right now in resolving the pandemic uh, but also we have to look forward uh, towards the community that lgbt community so can you please put some light on this that how effectively and how completely we can uh, develop the resilience for this this vulnerable community so you have asked uh, a very pertinent question you know and that uh, that's a very valid point you said when you said that the corona virus pandemic has been a great challenge i mean it has been the most disastrous thing that we have encountered probably in the last century even the world wars did not affect so many people at such a huge level we have lost now tens of thousands of lives across the country and it's not just about gdp it's not just about people falling sick there are actually lost people people who had names and stories and the immediate family members so it's a huge unsurmountable loss sure but at the same time i would say that it's also a challenge which has been thrown in front of the humanity to do introspection into how we have been handling this gift of life and earth and nature which we had been given and how responsible or irresponsible we have been towards the environment towards 
the vulnerable populations and towards other human beings it's really a challenge and whether we learn anything out of it or not is something up to us so indeed when it comes to the coronavirus pandemic i mean uh, there we need a paradigm shift in our approach now uh, the physical structures would have to be changed the way we do business the way we do education the way we do communication everything has to change and we need to evolve fortunately for the young generation uh, the ones who are less than 20 years i would say uh they have been more uh introduced to technology and therefore it's easier for them to keep connect with each other through social media and not really face to face communication so it might be easier for the younger generation as compared to the older one and when it comes to the vulnerable population yes there are a lot of groups like elderly like those who do not have the economics and resources of internet like those who are in those regions where even 4G internet is disabled uh when it comes to women when it comes to uh people from the lower socio economic strata and also very importantly the topic of today's discussion that is the lgbt shot so it has been a huge challenge for the lgbtq community and if i could i mean just list out a few one very important challenge is that the stigma and the lack of social acceptance which is there generally gets uh, more highlighted you know when a stigmatizing disease comes into picture yes. so we have seen that in the past in case of hiv which was attributed to gay persons yeah and how that led to more stigmatization of the lgbtq community we've also seen the stigmatization of black and gay persons we've also seen stigmatization associated with religion and therefore in any such situation where we are dealing with a stigmatizing disease the social stigma come more obvious become more obvious and become more highlighted so the same is also true for the lgbtq community I mean, just to give you an example, you know, in the times of social distancing, yeah, uh, we have the uh, Hijra community in our country. A lot of them survive by begging at the traffic signal, yeah, uh, by begging in trains, by going to the houses of children to uh, give their blessings at the time of birth, or by visiting the marriage ceremonies and you know giving the blessings to the newlywed couple. Sure. Now just imagine the uh, how this community is going to do their business in the current situation, where they no one is going to even open the window of their car, you know, uh, to give them ten rupees or twenty rupees now, uh, and they are the ones who people are going to think, oh, they are the carriers of the disease, you know, which may not be uh, statistically right. Yeah, uh, marriages. which are restricted to 50 persons i don't think uh, anyone is going to allow the people from the hijra community to come and you know spend money on them on giving them to the bidai similarly mm-hmm. no one would want now their newborn baby to be exposed to someone who is an outsider sure so when it comes to and uh, giving one example of a community then you know the entire way of the the sustenance and the economics has collapsed sure and we also need to see i mean when that happens then what is the safety net is the government doing anything to support this community the answer is again sadly no hmm. all the governments across the world are now let's say vying for resources 
they want to save their economies and uh, in this situation naturally the priorities change and therefore sustaining the vulnerable populations like the lgbtq community does not come very high on the priority list of the government sure so unfortunately these communities are on their own on the charities which are done by the ngos uh, but nothing comes systematically from the government who are actually supposed to look after the welfare of their citizens so rarely there there is a stigma over there definitely similarly i mean if you look at the uh, sex work community so uh, i mean the sex workers have literally lost all their ways of sustaining themselves uh, during the last three months four months you know though yeah. we may say okay fine this is not right this is immoral and all but then this is a reality of our society which we cannot deny and let us understand there are people amongst us who are the clients of these sex workers you know it's not that these sex workers are existing in silos i mean there are people from the there are gentlemen who visit them okay yeah. so uh, i think the last three months i mean the community has suffered a lot economically because naturally now since people want to maintain social distancing and avoid contact who is going to visit a sex worker right yeah. so now now is the question as to how the government is trying to sustain or rehabilitate them provide them with alternate uh, occupation and this is the best opportunity which the government had for the rehabilitation purpose but unfortunately again we have lost out on that opportunity because probably our priorities uh, have been different and in this prioritization we have lost and the opportunity to look at and to rehabilitate the most vulnerable sections and the most oppressed sections of the society so thank you very much for a deep overview over this particular uh, situation that we are facing right now and the communities the vulnerable communities that is that are facing right now so my next question to you is that uh, we all know that uh, this is a time of uh, Uh, of of disparity in in the healthcare system as well so what is your advice to the uh, the lgbt community that how could they sustain with the healthcare system that's uh, uh, this broken health system right now um thanks for asking this very relevant question when it comes to the uh, community and their uh, health especially in the times of the coronavirus outbreak since coronavirus outbreak is something which spreads a lot through social interaction and i would say that this is a community which is socially discriminated and uh, kept at the margins of the society so their interaction with the other members of the society is fortunately less i'm using the word fortunately less because then that puts them at a lower risk of getting covid infection Yes, since their interaction is going to be less, most of them would be restricted to their own close circles or to their homes right now. So I would say the vulnerability of the community to acquire infection may be lesser. Looking at that, but at the same time, if some of them do get it, because now whether we accept it or not, we have entered into the phase of community transmission of coronavirus. yeah and in this situation you know uh, the contact tracing fails and almost everyone is getting infected so even if you have lesser social interaction you are still at risk of getting the infection 
and therefore more and more community members are now going to get infected now the question is where do they go for admission yeah uh unfortunately i mean if you look at the situations in metros like mumbai delhi chennai ahmedabad you know there most of the health infrastructure and resources are getting overwhelmed so the people are not able to get tested then people are not able to find hospital beds if they want to get admitted or for that matter other services yeah and this i'm talking about common people you know people who are not part of the lgbtq community so now you can imagine the situation for a person who belongs to the lgbtq community most of the free beds in the hospital uh, for example are now occupied so there are no free beds available there are beds available in the private hospitals but they are exorbitantly costly i mean the per day charge can range anywhere from 10000 to 50000 rupees so how are they going to afford it secondly there's also a problem of documentation and certification of the members of the lgbtq community since a lot of them have changed their names their gender or they do not have documents like aadhar card or pan card which are required for even getting the test done you know even if you want to get test done from a private lab or any other lab in the government you have to have an aadhar card and many of the members of the community do not have that if you want to avail the service of the free bed in a hospital you need this document but many of them for example the sex workers or the people of the hgr community may not have them okay yes. or there may be a discrepancy into how they look and the document and how they look in reality the preferred names the preferred genders and so on and therefore it becomes highly uh stigmatizing for a person of the lgbtq community to visit a doctor or a hospital for admission and yes. that's why they would prefer staying at home and bearing the disease and maybe even dying of it rather than going and getting humiliated in the queues outside the hospitals so that's that's really a very frustrating situation which is being currently seen and is going to get more intensified uh in the coming days and that's why it's very important to understand that there are people who do not fit into the binaries of males and females and they also require treatment for coronavirus infection i mean if you look at the forms of the government they have only two columns that is sex male and female i mean someone who does not identify as either of those genders how are you going to even collect data about those people i mean if we ask today the government how many transgender persons a person who prefer to be called the other genders have got covid infections i'm sure you will not find data because no one collected that data in the first place so rarely there is uh, some uh, high risk for the population this particular community and this will lead to anxiety and depression in the community so let's uh, head it towards our next question that is i think is very very relevant question around nowadays that domestic violence family unacceptance and gender spectrum biasness all are really the evil of the society right now so what is your message about how to unfold this complex stereotypical mindset in the society uh in fact we are i would you know say that this is the most question uh, most important question of our <laughs> uh, discussion today and i think our audience uh, must listen to what i say next because this is something very very crucial yeah uh you know because of the lockdown in the past 3 months when people are not able to go out some of them are not been able to even go out even for the routine jobs that they were having yeah so most of them were stuck at home and while a lot of uh traditional indian families 
would have been happily watching mahabharat and ramayan on tv and enjoying the lockdown period a lot of members of the lgbtq community who do not have support to family some of them also have abusive family and when i say abusive families they are not just abusive emotionally but sometimes also physically and sexually abusive family so when you are locked down with such an abusive family for a period of 3 months you are cut off from your friends i mean you may be able to chat with them but you are not able to meet them you are not able to reach out to them for any kind of help or to receive any kind of help and face to face interactions you know even something as simple as a human interaction of touch or decrease during these times which is very vital and all of this can uh, you know play havoc with the emotional and mental health of an lgbtq person and this is what we have been hearing and seeing a lot in the last three months also one very valid point is that you know in the next phase of covid management uh, as the government has rolled out home isolation and home quarantine protocol yeah it's going to be highly difficult for people of the lgbtq community uh in fact now nearly one third of the covid patients in our own city of delhi are isolated at home itself but imagine an lgbtq person who is isolated at home with an abusive family it's very dreadful okay uh, sure. especially when it comes to the transgender person who have been trying gender expression of the preferred gender so they are abused and uh, you know they have been made to chop off their hair they have been made to dress like the assigned gender they have been they are repeatedly addressed with the name their dead name and their dead genders and that is nothing short nothing short of an abuse for them so it's it's really a very abusive situation and in this situations i mean you cannot go out you cannot meet people you cannot seek help and uh, this is something which most of the people may not be even aware of that uh, their fellow citizens you know who also have equal rights may be going through such a traumatic experience just because of a disease but more importantly because of our stigmatizing nature and discriminating nature against people who are slightly different from us surely so dr aksa uh, what about the legal aspects for this means uh, my question is that uh, how to reduce or limit the access uh, that we have right now uh, for for the this unacceptance and the domestic violence how to reduce them so what is the legal protection for the community right now in the in the country so what are the key I'm, performance uh, indicators for that uh, i would say that the picture is not very optimistic when it comes to this particular aspect that is the legal protections of the community in fact uh, some of our audience members would be knowing that the government has recently enacted something known as the transgender persons protection of rights act yes uh, which has been uh, not accepted by the community you know the community has refused to accept this saying that it is not what they had wanted what they had asked for Yeah but anyways the rules of the transgender act have been uh, framed there in the process of consultation and unfortunately um, the process got delayed because of the lockdown so right now i would say that there is very limited 
legal protection available for the transgender persons and also when it comes to the other members of the lgbtq community that is the gay or the lesbian or the bisexual persons it is even lesser okay so yes i mean uh, you know if we if you look at the employment and if you look at the workplace situation right now a lot of people have been given things like a lot of people have been removed from job there's a lot of negotiation happening over the pay terms and salaries and so on now if you have been open at your workplace you know it suppose everyone knows that uh, aksha is a transgender person and the boss wants to remove one person out of two employees um uh, if the boss is the person who has to make that decision is not lgbtq friendly is biased is discriminated yes the likelihood is very high if the persons belonging to the lgbtq community are going to lose out on their job you know so they are the ones who will be uh, you know sacrificed uh, when it comes to removing certain people from the job so uh, that's what i was trying to say that in these challenging times the discrimination becomes more highlighted becomes more obvious and it will be covered in the guise of coronavirus epidemic and falling economy and so on and so forth surely so dr aksha there is a question which is tickling in my mind from the beginning that uh, a country needs human resources and uh, the human resources are the crucial part to which makes a country and which which develops a country so i think the community the lgbt plus q community is is one of the human resources we have so how can we uh, means leverage that resources for the development of our country uh you have uh, you know uh, i would say uh, hit the nail on its head when you said that after all lgbtq people are human beings and yeah. they are human resources and they are someone you know who could be very productive citizens of the country but then uh, we have seen you know uh, when it comes to the politics when it comes to leadership of a country yeah uh, it is that which decides the direction in which a country is going to go Sure. If you look at the totalitarian states around the world, you know whether it is USA, whether it is Russia, Brazil, India, or some other countries, even in the Europe right now, uh, they have been now focusing on more of closing their borders, on more of you know supremacy of one group of people over other group of people. Yes, and discriminating a certain group of people either on the basis of the color. either on the basis of the ethnicity or on the basis of religion or it may be even on the basis of their gender identity and sexual orientation so it's always finding out a vulnerable uh, group of people uh, so that you know the majority of the population of the government keeps supporting and electing and re-electing uh, the leader yeah and in on this process you know the priority is not to leverage the economy the priority is not to harness the human resources the priority is not making a welfare state and that's why you know while logically it is very right to say that yeah lgbtq people are a great human resource unfortunately the politics in most of the countries right now is uh, something which does not fit so yeah so the means among the community are facing right now the racial or ethnic minor, uh, discrimination and people with i think there are some low income group people also in the which are in the minority 
status right now in within the community so uh, what are the helpful resources for the lgbt community in india uh, right now so they can extract most out of it means uh, it pro- prove to be beneficial for them what are the helpful resources right uh, see when it comes to resources uh, for dealing with the emotional upheavals and for the mental health support i would say that the social media which is like a double edged sword you know it's also a place where you can completely lose your sanity and it's also the place where you can reclaim your mental health and fortunately there are a lot of resources available on various social media sites be it facebook or instagram or even twitter for that matter uh where the ngos and support groups are providing emotional and mental health support yeah and the lgbtq community is a very close knit community so i would say to any member of the lgbtq community who's listening to this podcast right now is to reach out to their peers and to their friends because remember that no app or no uh, uh i would say a website you know can uh, take care of your mental health ultimately it has to be some other human being who can probably provide you more support so reach out to the allies reach out to your peers reach out to your friends who understand you and who accept you without questioning you and uh, that's where you are going to find your best support and that would be your best resource for mental health and through them find out what helps them in their journey find out how they have been coping and you will surely find some other resource right now there are hundreds of resources available uh, but most of them work on a peer to peer basis and uh, i would say you will be able to find one of them but most important is to reach out to at least one human being who understands you and who accepts you without judging you and that itself would help you a lot oh, very nice to talk to you dr aksa so uh, lastly uh, but not the least i would like to know that what is your role as a, a vibrant lgbt community member so what are your perspective that how you are doing something for your community um this is an area which i would say i'm failing a little in that because i really <laughs> wanted to contribute a lot but then unfortunately since i am also associated with a lot of other things you know we are when we speak of a person i mean we all have multiple identities so while i'm also a transgender woman i'm also a public health teacher i'm also a member of the society i'm also a muslim who is you know working for the welfare of the other muslims so since we have multiple identities and with them come multiple responsibilities So yes I would say that I have been able to contribute much lesser than I wanted to or I should have for the LGBTQ community but I am still trying to reach out to a lot of uh, these in general to the general society in order to break the stigma and the discrimination and to create a more enabling environment and I am available for uh, some of the members of my community who reach out to me through WhatsApp and other means uh you know to provide them emotional and mental support but yes uh, i think a lot more needs to be done and that will happen when the general society will start accepting the community members who are absolutely i would say a smart and productive and capable of you know doing anything that any one of us can do surely so it should be a collective uh, collective mindset the collective work 
not should be done in the in the silos of uh, individuality absolutely so it is a great discussion it's a, it's a huge uh, means i'm very excited to uh, uh, to release this podcast right now and thank you very much dr aksa uh, for being here for for us and discuss the lot of difficulties and uh, challenges that the community is facing right now thank you very much uh thank you aunt and as my last words i'll just say this to the people who are listening to this podcast is that uh, you know through one talk or through one video or through one interaction no one can completely understand the issues faced by the lgbtq community so i would say reach out to someone in person talk to them understand their lives understand their challenges and how they are overcoming them be more sensitive and less judgmental and uh, you will find that they are also very beautiful human beings thank, thank you very much well riyas these were a lot of critical points that dr aksar discussed with us so true the community is facing a lot than we have discussed today a lot of pointers were there we still feel a lot of uh, inequality in the society that we see unacceptability and especially the community has become more vulnerable to all these expect with the advent of covid-19 whether it was finances that we talk about whether it was the mental health we talk about the people have been dodged into their home whether the families they are ex- accepting them that has been talked about and with everything going on this voice has been suppressed we need to be sensitized about about this and if uh, uh, a few days back i was also reading a report that um, if we look death apart from covid 19 there has been around 300 deaths in india itself of people uh, in relation to their mental health and i think this is a very grave situation with something that we need to address and we need to work on that right yeah of course uh, we know that lgbtq lives are living in a disproportionate shift and this leads to some gender spectrum biasness in in the society and there there is lot of stigmatization of this particular community in the society whether they are they are related to the the frame shift of the mindset of the people or whether it is psychosocial related problems so this spectrum is lot we can't discuss whole lot of situation in this uh, few points so in 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 this limited time but it is the, our duty that we should focus on these issue in our day to day life and try to resolve and resilient this particular problem related to the, this particular community i think we should treat them as a potential human resource for the country or the uh, the development of the country there are no two ways about it genuinely there are no two no two ways about it i will request all of our listeners who are there to think about this aspect patiently calmly think about it how would you feel if you would be there in their position and if you would have been their gullible one able to all this 
all these things moving around you just try to imagine yourself in that and then think and then work around it of don't, course don't just i think, think i think there there is need of awareness and inclusion of the society yeah even if they are aware i would say uh, i would say talk to other people about it uh, talk about it openly like like dr raksha just said that that physical contact is necessary and this physical contact i think will come up if we talk about this openly in the society we do not stigmatize it i i, I think it can work that way we have to move toward a more inclusion more diverse more respectful society i think that is the future that is the thing that will really help us to move forward in equality and uh, and really help us to prosper as a society working forward yeah obviously the societies can't be live in the silos of their individualities so i think with that note uh, uh, it's time to say goodbye to all of you inshallah we will come next time and we'll join you with some other topic which is relevant to you and your life mm-hmm. signing this is riyaz bek signing out goodbye uh this is ashish siddiqui signing out hope to meet you soon again goodbye okay.